to Dating Over 30 Sucks, the podcast. I am your host, your everything, Shanice, and Dating Over 30 Sucks is just something fun, fun conversations with friends, and we are literally just having libations, conversations about situations. So my first guest, I'm super excited because this is like my best friend. We met like first day of school. <laughs> I'm like little kids. Yeah, We've known each other for 16 going years. Going 16, yeah. No, technically. 17? Technically, no, no, no. Technically 16, technically 16 this years. in August. In August, yeah, 16 years. Been 16 yeah. Years. So my first guest is Ahmed. I'm so excited to have Hi you. Hi, everybody. Good evening and everything. Well, afternoon, Good evening, afternoon. afternoon. Good, <laughs> Good night. No, we... Yeah, I mean, tell, how do you how do, do you remember how we met? I do remember. Let's see if let's see if you remember how we okay. met compared okay. to what I think. Okay. How we met? Uh, first time, first time I met. Let's see. Remember Hill class. I remember going to. We need our community service hours, of course, in undergrad. You know, first okay. semester. And I found an organization that said Project Safe. I was like, well, who's was in hell class. I need the hours. Let me just join. We didn't need hours. They were we not playing about yeah, that. They were not playing community service. You can write an essay. You can draw blood. And I, a lot of people gave their blood. A lot of people gave blood. And plasma, remember? And plasma. And plasma. It was like blood in or plasma. plasma. And I was like, neither? Yeah, plasma was 20 hours or something like that. Yeah, so. it was something weird. <laughs> but, like. Folks out here giving blood like it was because remember it was like if you just had a tattoo you can't give blood. People was like fuck that I'm still giving I'm still blood. blood. But you nobody wanted to hey clean nobody up wanted to. D- we so really did community service. Yeah. So uh, the first interest meeting is a project say project say to save a fellow eagle mm-hmm. and we you know having it it was in a student union in one of the uh the little, 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 little rooms you know little conference rooms so I. We're out there real quiet right before we start. And then, unfortunately, this lady who was sitting behind me, young lady sitting behind me, hmm. loud as shit. Everybody's quiet and chill. Like, who is this woman? Like, damn, can she shut up? Like, damn, why is she so loud? Wait. And loud, I'm like, in my head. And all, all of a sudden, she says, hi, Zoe. Then I turn around like, hold up a Zoe. second. I know people was <laughs> You were loud. <laughs> I remember that. Loud. We, everybody's chilling. It's early in the morning. It's early Saturday morning. Probably, you know, probably. Yep, definitely Saturday morning. Yeah, it was Saturday. Like, yeah. we had to do that er, early, like, the crack of dawn three, yeah, Saturday. Three-day three day event, too. Yeah. And so, I'm going to tell you, you're wrong. That's not how we met. That's not how, That's not when we first met, or when we first talked and became friends. Oh, really? It's okay. not. You You skipped up, like, at least a month. So, how we met, I thought you were going to say it, because you kind of said in the beginning, how we met was in health class. We had that weird health, we had that ghetto health class, and it was on, like, the first floor, and um, I remember it was, like, a million kids in there. It was, like, literally every kid to a desk. Oh, yeah. We were in that class, because I want to say it was, like, a, it was kind of like an evening class. Like, it started at, like, 4 o'clock, so clearly we got the worst class. <laughs> and at least 40 people in the class. It was, like, 40 people in the class, but after we got out of, because remember people used to sneak out of the class, like, through the window, and it wasn't one of those windows that went up. It kind of, like, slanted, and people would, like, slide out. It oh was so goodness. ghetto, but we, it was, like, after class, I don't remember if we did introductions or anything like that, but I remember after class, no, we had learned about Project Safe, and I think after class, we were walking, and I was walking up to Eagleson, and you were just like, oh, you think about it. I think we had talked about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And we talked about it. And we talked on the hill for a good hour plus. 
right in front of Eagleson. Yeah. I know partially you were just looking at girls because it was all girls dorm. Sounds right. But we were on the steps, like kind of right in front of Eagleson. And we ch- like it, it had to be a smooth hour, hour and a half. And we just talked about everything, like how we both happened to live in the same area and just everything. Like we talked about everything. And like I said, it was like about an hour and a half. And I remember you weren't really trying to like, you know, come to the room or anything crazy like that. But we just was chilling because like other people would like join the conversation and then leave. And but that that is how we met. I think we became close because of Project Say. Exactly. And I remember high as well because I always remember shout out to everybody who down with PG County. I, my family oh my moved from Highsville, Maryland to North Carolina right when they finished the West Highsville Greenbelt Line Station. Like yeah, the West Highsville Station. Yeah, and that. we moved to Atlanta afterwards. We weirdly weren't in, I think we were in Highsville around the same time, mm-hmm. but it. I know that we, I think both of us kind of moved around the same time, but it's that's how it started. Yeah, we exactly. we were friends, The fr- like literally it sounds so funny but like literally the first day of school <laughs> we, <laughs> we were friends and we've been friends ever since and I I felt it extremely important to have you as my first guest and that's kind of why I was pressing you out about coming because this podcast came from you like this started from you and the story behind it is that we last year last summer spring summer (laughs) we were in so many weird relationships and situationships but we would text and we would talk about it so much but the underlying theme as we talked about all of this shit we were going through was like dating over 30 sucks like it really is not easy but you we that's what I would funnily you know say to you and just being funny but that's how this brainchild kind of came. And I, I started asking people if they'd be down to come on and do it. And then everybody last summer was like, yeah, when, you, when are we doing interviews? And I was like, oh, no, this is just an idea. I just <laughs> I just want to know if this idea sounds right. Yeah. And it, you know, obviously life happened. Corona happened. COVID-19, COVID-19 happened. And it kind of it, it moved to the forefront and then it kind of got delayed and then it, it moved to the forefront and then got delayed. But I I was able to push and I said, you know, I couldn't wait for it to go back to our normal and back to what it could be. I was like, this is just life. And so even with this podcast, for those listening, you know, I have the safety precautions. We took temperatures. <laughs> we do temp checks, hand washing. I have gloves, masks, but we are here and we are currently more than six feet apart. More than six feet. We are more than six feet. Um, but we're gonna have fun. Exactly. I look forward to this. Um, we have fun. So, so as we start, why do you think dating over thirty sucks? Do you still think it sucks? I still think it sucks because we have this preconceived expectation what we want, and it, it's just maybe challenging, like trying to communicate. Because I think nowadays it's mm. very hard to be open up and vulnerable and just put yourself you put all your cards on the table because once it doesn't work all of a sudden you got to start over try again build yourself back up and then open yourself up to more vulnerability and that can be very challenging especially if you've been hurt and family hurt and like we always said sometimes this is a grown man saying so you're you're saying that you think you're saying being vulnerable Yes, now yes. it do you think it hurts more now than maybe rejection in your 20s i think it hurts now because if the time the energy 
because we're all busy, especially Tom oh. and Koza. Like, just bring in your investment, invest, invest in your time, especially now. Invest in your time, invest in your money, especially in adulthood now. Time and money, very valuable. So mm-hmm. take your time to, to actually care and actually show somebody affection or even give somebody your time that you can use to relax and give self-care. That's a lot nowadays. And those are valuable moments that you have. And anybody mm-hmm. that does abuse that, nobody nobody deserves to have that abused. Wow. And I've, I've been told by uh, <laughs> a lot of therapists, or there's not a lot of mind therapists, but people who into therapy and just are thinking about stuff is, especially when we heal, sometimes people yeah. heal in multiple ways. Or like the bad part of joke of men, unfortunately, the stereotype is men. Y'all ho. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't. Ho. Y'all don't. Y'all don't heal. heal y'all ho. Really ho that's, uh, <laughs> but that, I feel that's like bad. that's true. I I feel like that it's a funny saying, but I, a lot of guys ho. Like y'all be ho when before you heal. No. I plead the fifth on that. I okay. <laughs> You can no, the fifth no, on no, the show. We, we you move on. The we just move on to something that comes <laughs> up naturally, though. It's yeah. but you know it. It's funny you say that when it comes to it, kind of hurting a little bit more now that we're older. Because, I mean, I do feel you. I don't know if it's more of a hurt or more of like I get more upset about it because my thing is like, we're we're adults. We're grown. We're over thirty. Like, let's try to be up front and be as honest as possible, as early as possible. Like, for me, you know, this all started because I was, you know, in a situationship with, we'll call him Bob. (laughs) But, you know, last year dealing with Bob and me being me, I'm like, I'm up front, I'm blunt. I'm often being like, hey, what's your situation? Hey, has things changed? Hey, are you feeling somebody else? Hey, are you dating somebody else? And Bob was dishonest and Bob was all over the place with it. Right. And I I never got to a place of being really hurt. I was more irritated. And I feel like as an adult, especially now over 30, when it comes to dating, I'm just like, look, don't don't BS a BS or like don't BS me. Like you said, my time is valuable. My money is valuable. If I'm taking the time to be with you minus, you know, being with friends or relaxing myself, if I'm put, bringing you in my space, you wasting time pisses me off more than more than I think and the anger. And I think the issue with Bob, because I think he did, not only did, I don't know if he knew what he want, but also he didn't know how to express what he wanted. Or oh, he Bob want. don't know what the fuck he want. Mm. I'm a friend. And the reason why I say Bob doesn't know because, okay, no, no, no let me take that back. Bob does know what he wants. I think like many men in their 30s. <laughs> You're wrong. Okay. I think like many men, you are getting the same pressure that we as women are getting, which is like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to find somebody? Are you going to make me a grandma or a grandpa? Oh, there's that 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 family. That. I feel like is there there's that family pressure of what you should be doing. And so like many of us who are over 30 and dating you want to make sure you're making the right choice you know especially if you come from a very traditional nuclear household where you know mom and dad been together for 30 years and you know that you're you're you don't want to be anything other than that right you want to be like your parents so the happier version the happier version because you you know know what people's parents (laughs) are but you you come with this i think with guys they come with this uh this burden of feeling like, well, if I'm choosing 
the right wife, right, or the right partner, this has to be it. Because, like, my parents were together for 30 years, and my parents were together forever. So I, I that's exactly what I want. Like, people want what their parents have. So for me, but that's the more traditional. And I'm also not traditional. And I think that was another thing with Bob. Like, I wasn't the traditional, I want a white wedding and – you know, I want to be married by a certain age and all that stuff. Like, I want my relationship to be what we decide to make it, not what society wants us to have. I agree because, you know, and you have to be responsible with yourself and just know yourself what you want. And you express that with him. Mm-hmm. And it, to be honest, he should understand that, okay, if. I'm a wild. I was, I, was a, I was a wild card. Hey. You didn't know what was going to happen. Hey. Sometimes you got to play that joker sometimes. Hey, you yeah. Never know you don't you know, know if it's Yeah, but. Even traditional, like you, people have, and it's probably gonna change. But yeah. you got to communicate like that. Like right now with Jenny, I remember Jenny. We'll call her Jenny. Jenny, okay. Jenny, uh, she was open to have children. She was a little older than me. Mm. Natural. Ooh, we gonna talk about age. Let's yeah. go ahead. We gonna jump into it. Okay. Let's talk about okay. it. Okay. She was in. She's seven years older than me. Okay. So she's in her. I'm gonna say forties. Okay. So having children is a big health issue. And as a man, we should know about it, especially nowadays with how when it comes to bearing children, yeah. how when it comes to black women bearing children, and now yes. how the medical field is, you have Ooh, to be cautious that with that. mortality rate ain't no joke. Yes. It's a real oh, thing. It's a real number. Mm-hmm. So having children, like it's you're, when you're quote, unquote, not, she said she's not a spring chicken anymore, but having and raising and nurturing a child, she honestly talked, knew her body and knew herself because her previous pregnancy was trash because her mm-hmm. partner was trash. She did it pretty much by herself. And that's the worst feeling that we'll know somebody's been that. But when you communicate, you want to have a child with somebody, you want to be that partner. Mm. And she was honest with herself. She did. She can barely take care of herself. How do she can raise a child at her age? And even though she was making a decent income, but she wasn't emotionally ready. So do you think... So when you say she wasn't really emotionally ready, you think it was that kind of that lag, that hangover from that pre the the last child? I believe so. I believe so, honestly. And she because that's a scary thing. It, it I, I can I don't have kids, but I can imagine if you go through something like that. Even women who go through tough pregnancies, when you decide you're with somebody and you kind of want to do it again, it's scary. It's scary, and especially. You want somebody who you want long term, and mm-hmm. I don't have any children myself, so I can't go how a guy who has children previous and previous relation goes. But it, it's challenging understanding what she has to go through, and actually you have to think that they like you have to step back, understand like that's a big toll on not only your partner's body, but yeah. what long term is, especially when and you're relationship. Older. I mean, <sighs> goodness, so. What about, like, how many kids did you want? In a perfect world? In, like, just in my so twi- honesty. In my, yeah, in, in, my honesty, in my 20s, I wanted three. Two, two if I can't know, biologically, and then maybe three adopted. Both of my parents are immigrants. Oh, the Sarah. third adopted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, b- both I thought you were saying are. three more adopted. I'm oh, like, no, oh, you're no, trying no. to have a Brady oh, bunch no, out oh, here. No, no. We about to have the Jacksons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, you know what? You know, we, I feel like people should start bands. What happened hey, to hey, that? Hey, hey, you know, the hey, Jacksons, the Osmonds, hey, like Joe Hanson. Jackson. Put like, on the work. Put <laughs> right. on the work. No, but honestly, uh, both of my parents are from Sierra Leone, so 
I understand I was looking potentially to adopt a child from there, but okay. honestly, if I can, this guy willing to have one healthy child, if possible, too, because okay. children are expensive. Children are, are a blessing. Children are Woo, a blessing, mooches. but they're an investment. So they are. So you ready, emotionally ready, and financially ready. You can't and see, I think people forget that. Like, I think the biggest reason why I've been blessed enough not to is because I'm like, I want to make sure I'm financially in a place. Like, you can give a child all the love you want, but love ain't going to buy Pampers. Like, uh, with Fenty's $40. I seen that instant savings at Sam's Club. Yeah, like, love ain't going to buy wipes. I You you have to have a little bit more than love, and I, I feel you on that. So, like, it's it's fun. So, since we're talking about it, how is that dating someone with kids? Because I know what my rule is about dating somebody with kids. What about, do you have, are you open to it? Because I know you also like the ladies a little more aged. Like a little, <laughs> a little, little more, more aged and refined. In a crock pot. Exactly. <laughs> seasoned you like them pot. simmered a little. You're simmered in a crock pot. <laughs> You're saying a crock pot. Yeah, you like them a little more simmered. <laughs> you like them simmer. Simmered, you like though. them, yeah. Like, uh, like them slow cooked. What the, yeah, slow cooked. <laughs> Rotisserie, you know, hey. Let hey, me stop. Off the bone. Exactly. I got older <laughs> friends. They're going to be like, bitch, I know you did not just say. <laughs> fall off the bone. So because I'm over 40, I'm a rotisserie chicken. I'm like, yeah, yeah but you yeah. are. Yeah, but you know I don't mind it. it. <laughs> Honestly, it just, if you still have a relationship with your previous partner, mm-hmm. it's fine. You know, honestly, if it's not toxic, if it's. So what's your age limit? What's my age limit? At 34, I just turned 34 two months ago. September 4th, I just turned 34. Okay, you put all your bio out there. Okay, exactly. ladies. Vir- Virgo, Virgo. <laughs> Vir- oh, so you know what? That's probably all the more reason to not. <laughs> probably not to date me. You exactly. Virgos. Woo. Yeah, we definitely overanalyze. I never knew there was a type with Virgos until I realized, like, I have so I have a good amount of Virgo friends, and I didn't really know about Virgo types or astrology types until I had to sit back and, like, look at the, the quote-unquote, you know, types or uh, personalities of Virgos. And then I looked at all my friends who are Virgos, and I'm like, yeah, y'all motherfuckers are crazy. Like, y'all <laughs> are emotionally yeah. unstable. But, yeah. okay, go ahead, Virgo. Okay, so what's your what's your limit? What's, what's your age limit? limit? Honestly, I'll say f- five years above. Because I've been – I have younger brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. My brother just turned 30. And then I have a younger sister who's 24. I just personally cannot date somebody in my sister's range. And that's me personally. Okay. I see somebody. The youngest, maybe three years under than me. Maybe three years. So you're. Uh, three years. So three 30s. Years, they have to be in their 30s. Be 30s. Right now in the 30s. Okay. And then to above, honestly. Anything above, I know there's a high chance of not having, like, anything when it comes to children. So, but okay. it just, if it so happens, they're open to having children. So, hey, I'm all for it. So I'm. It's interesting because I'm similar, but I'm. I can't do young. I can't do. To be honest, I don't want any. I. I don't really even want thirty. I. To me, the youngest I'd prefer to be my age. So the youngest right now, like you say, about thirty-four. I might let I'll, you hit thirty-three. I'll be honest with you. There's some. But that's that, about there's it. There's some men my age who love a twenty. Like honestly, they still if like she's them young. Yeah, young, young. Like honestly, if I'm talking about right now, it's twenty twenty. I can we can reminisce or go throwback Thursday when I have a picture up there where I'm campaigning for Obama. Yeah, I, the, a young girl I can't do nothing for me talking about what we did for campaign. If your for. history book has President Obama in it, yeah. <laughs> like you are too, <laughs> like really? you too are young, too young, young for me. Like for me, I'm the same way. Like I have a, I have a really good friend who, um, he'll be on the podcast at some point. Um, 
but he likes young. He's he's literally dating a 24-year-old. And I'm like, there is no way on Oprah's green earth <laughs> I'm dating someone 20. And he literally, like, maybe a week or two ago, we were talking about trying to convince me that, like, I should try and date a 20-something-year-old. And I was like, I can't even... I should date a tw- like, outside of there's honestly, no way in hell. Should be honest, outside of sex, there's really nothing to talk about. There can't be, because similar to you, like my sister's eleven years younger than me, so like there's no way I can see myself a dating somebody that young. That's such a huge generational divide. Like yeah, think about it. Thirty. These are babies. Like these are nineties babies. 90s like babies. I turn ninety and I'm turning thirty now, so that's already a thing. But like. To me, anything under 30 at this point, like, they don't know what dial-up internet is. No. They don't know that struggle. They don't know the struggle of having to have a, a floppy disk. Um, they don't remember I just, typing. I can't. They don't remember typing home run keys in third they grade. They don't get it. Like, those are still the kids who, instead of spelling out your, they spell, like, literally with a U and an R. Like, I'm, I can't. We're, that's we're, too young. We are the last generation to, to struggle. Go, to struggle. Like, going to the library and actually go to the library. Oh, no, we're the last generation that had library cards where you actually have to fill out the library oh, yeah. card and put that little slip in the front, that little pocket, mm-hmm. and you could, like, pull the pocket out and see who else checked out a book. We're, like We are the last generation I, to do D.A.R.E. <laughs> right. God bless. God, God bless. bless. I think D.A.R.E. is still around. Mm-hmm. I literally went to the store, and they were mm-hmm. like, do you want to donate money to D.A.R.E.? And I'm like, I smoke pot before. Like. Okay. I okay. don't want to do that. But no, oh, yeah. but so my, but my oldest, we're talking my age, my oldest for me is about 40 to 43 because I will say the similar trait is that when you're dealing with, you know, and I don't want to stereotype it to men or women, right, or be sexist like that, but I feel like once you hit a certain age, specifically 30, you just have this expectation of like, I now know I'm going to date somebody who probably has kids. And it's not about whether you can have kids. Like, I get what you're saying about dating older women, wondering, am I going to have kids? For me as a woman, it's kind of the opposite. I'm not worried about having kids. It's more so dating a man with kids and what that relationship is that he has with his kids. Wondering what relationship do we have with the child's mother? Are they, you know, formally married you know is he a divorcee is that just a baby mama do we got multiple baby mama situations (laughs) like there's so much to it and even my rule of thumb honestly is if a guy has a kid the kid has to be at least 18 months to two years old I would say close to three. You said three? three. See, mine's is my my lowest is I could do 18 months because I feel like 18 months is enough time where if you're still going to be with baby mama, you're going to be with baby moms by 18 months. Either y'all together or you're not. And I feel like 18 to 2 years old, we should have a you should have a custody agreement. <laughs> you should know where the child's going to be, but like I said, I'm such a free spirit even guys with kids, especially young kids, I'm still very very leery of. I'm very leery. It, it's challenging because like once if it's less than three, you got to kind of watch out because the child can understand, the child can comprehend, talk and everything. Like, yeah. who's this? Who's this? Mr. Mister Ahmed, how are you doing, sir? You know, like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's not, that's not a problem, but also. And I feel like the time, too. Yeah, like, we like have babies, like, especially, like I said, under, like, 18 months to, and to be honest, so elementary school, 
I feel like you're still dealing with the, um, you know, I got them on this day and that day. I got oh, them no. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and they got Thursday and Friday, and they be with grandma on Sunday. Like, oh, yeah, you, I feel you, like you still dealing with custody yeah, shit. Still doing that. No, if you have custody issues, like that's yeah, nah, I don't want like that. I'd rather no. I'd rather have either a guy who has no kids, or if you have kids, your kids are older. So, like, you're not doing the shifting back and forth because, like, your kids are in middle school. they either with mom or but, you. But the, or is, the challenge is when she has older kids, she's done with the whole, she's been that stage yeah. already. She's like, okay, my kid's a preteen. That means she's eight. She's counted down to eight years yeah. away until she's out. She's yeah. out of the house. So they're probably not even, trying, not even trying to trying talk to about start over. That's Could you too. imagine even thinking about diapers when you have kids who are, like, in middle school soccer? School, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel you. I definitely so you got to watch out for that. that. Yeah, because once that once they're a certain age, of course, having a child again, you do you want to have that bond as well. Because mm. if you have that big range, like my I'm nine years older than my younger sister, so mm. that's a big range right there. And you don't. But you want and your brother are close in age. Yeah, we're close in age. Just four years. That's not too bad. Yeah, that, that's a great range right there. Because see, me and my sister are, and when I say eleven, we're eleven on paper. We're really almost twelve. Like when my sister was born, I turned twelve two months later. So me and my sister really do have a larger age range gap. And it's true when it comes to relationships, my sister and I are not, we're not as close because we didn't grow up together. I mean, my sister was, what was she? She was in, she was going into second grade when I was going to college. Oh yeah, I remember her. Like she was, yeah, she was either going to second, first or second grade. And I was literally moving into the dorm. I remember an elevator like, yeah, like, right. Like my sister was a full elementary school student, like visiting me as an undergrad student. So I think that was a big thing, too. Like when you date older guys and if they do have kids who are a little older, especially like you said, hitting that middle school, high school range. When you think about, like, do you want to have kids? Like, is that a conversation we can have? Because, like you said, it is a full reset it's a whole package deal but also men have to realize you're entering the child's life as well but you're not investing your mother we didn't even talk about that (laughs) i'm so selfish i'm like it's about me and the other baby you can't do that because when you're dating somebody you have to realize hey you're another 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 not a sense parental figure but another resource for the child you have to realize you have to build a relationship no matter what you can't hide it you can't sugarcoat it you have to build a relationship with child if you can any kinds of positive That's true. because you have to have it be a positive influence with that because if the child feels happy and safe that's a perfect relationship right there because in a you know you want to hit you want to hit hopefully a nuclear or like a new nuclear family in a yeah. sense because hey things things are changed now here you know and not to not to get super political but you know you got mamala out there who's showing what that nuclear family looks like, right? Like, granted, our current president has a hell of a lot of kids by a bunch of women, but you have someone like a Kamala Harris who's showing that, like, she's Mamala. Like, she has older stepkids that, you know, they built that that relationship. And I know just obviously as someone who likes her, looking at that relationship, I mean, it, it, it shows you, like, okay, you don't have to feel... This is a new normal. Like this is this is another form of what a family can look like. Yeah, she her oldest child is part of the campaign team, I believe. I think so. I think one of the 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 kids um helps out and I know like her sister does, but like 
you look at her family, right? Like you look at Joe Biden's family, which is, you know, not your traditional nuclear family, right? Like he had kids from his his first wife and he has kids with Dr. Jill. You look at Kamala who has, you know, she doesn't have any, you know, natural born kids, but she has these step kids that they have this very, you know, genuine relationship. Like you see how they talk about her and the way they are. I think when you're dealing with older men, that's something you kind of, you know, come to grips with, right? Like, if their kids are a certain age, this is what your family might look like, you know? And, and as a man going to 34, you got to think your head, okay, well, long term, do you still want to be active? Because, like, let's say when we all hit 60, and our, as black men, we have to take care of our health, especially yes. rest in peace, Chadwick. A we lot has go been going on. We you have do have to, to be healthy. Yeah, everything in our 30s is pretty much maintenance. So go to your doctor. <laughs> you go said to maintenance. Physician. Yeah, it is Let's maintenance. Let's need a checkup real quick. Check Let's make sure, quick. The, make sure the bones aren't clicking too much. Yeah, go to a doctor, dermatologist, or dentist. We have to make sure everything is I know I need to good. go to the dentist. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting when you bring that up because when you think about health, I think there's an ageism thing, right? Like we, we talked about like, our, our age ranges of what we prefer, right, or what we enjoy. I think there's something about that that goes into it, too, because, like, for me, I'm like, I can do older. You know, I remember when you told me about Janae, I was like, oh, that's a that's an interesting age. I don't Very know if I would go that high. <laughs> because, like, there's an ageism part of it, too, because you think, like, okay, well, if this person is this age, I always have this thing is like, well, how old am I going to be when I'm moving them into their college dorm, right? Am I going to be 60 moving <laughs> them into well, their well, dorm? What, like, what, what I'm blessed with and help, helpful with is that maybe um, I know when it comes to dating, I think what helps out where I can have a genuine conversation with anybody and maybe just the, mm. where the work feel like, hey, I'm in. I could just, hey, I could just have an honest, open conversation with a woman. I'm blessed to have that. We can talk about anything, any topic in general. And that's have to be, in a sense, just in life in general. I'm blessed that even with you, we can have a, you're one of my non, you know, non-sexual relationships. Non We've yeah. never, let's, let's go ahead and put that oh out goodness. there. Let's, you know, it's funny. I totally forgot that we should have put that caveat in there. So I mean, I've known each other, like I said, 16 years, 16 first day years. of school in college, we, we met and we've been friends and we've been really great friends. And, you know, I think the funny thing is, is because of our relationship, it's so brother, sister, but not brother, sister in the way that people make it out to be like, oh, you know, that's just my brother. Like, it's not that it literally is that like. I've met your family, you've met mine, like, you know my sister, you know my mom, like, yeah. I've met your mom, I've met your brother, I haven't met your sister, at least yeah. I don't think I have. Yeah, I think you have I, I've met your brother, like, I remember your brother helped me move my stuff, I don't know if you remember, but remember summer school, 2000 something, um, I had to move my stuff out of my apartment and we had to move it into the, um, the storage space, like, right oh, across, yeah, yeah, he did come and up. like, yeah, Abdul, because he was in your brother was in um, high school yeah. and I remember, so it's like, we've known each other for so long and we, we had that relationship and it is something that, and we can talk about it when we have relationships with our partners <laughs> or in our situationships. That's something that I know for me, I do generally have to ex expand upon. Because the idea has always been, especially because we were friends in college, was like, oh, okay, well, was y'all like, you know, like loving basketball, like y'all those kind of friends? And it's always like, 
no, we've never done that. Like that it's never ever it's never been sexual. It's always just been like this is like my best friend. Like we talk about everything. We you know, I'm like he's 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 been in in um situations with friends of mine. And and roommates and you've been in situations with roommates of mine. Who's roommates? Your roommate? My roommate. My sweet mate. New York. I do. Wait, do I remember that? Oh, yes, I remember. I remember that completely. It's like I know that something happened. We'll call him Jacob. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> we'll call him Jacob. It's funny because it's like I remember but, but was, something with Jacob. But everything's undergrad. That yeah, count. but it's so bad that I, I don't remember the specifics. Like I couldn't even tell you which year of undergrad that was. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. I know it did. Yeah. But it's it's crazy because but you did with my roommate too. We will call her Sarah. Like you, Sarah and I were roommates sophomore year, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. something happened. But it it's funny because even in situations and relationships and dating, anyone who knows us, you know, if I'm dating somebody that went to school with us or just in any close proximity they're going to sit there and see and say like, oh, so what's what's going on with Ahmed? Like, what 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 is that about? I, and I'm like, I, oh, it's, I'm like, this is my friend. Like, you talk ago, about everything. I had a, you know, about last homecoming, you know, hey, what's mm-hmm. going on with you and Shawnee's? What happened? Everything. I, we had one of those <laughs> so what happened? Like, what what do you mean happened? Like, hey, what's up with you and her? Like, we're cool. Like, it's, it's friendship. Honestly. It's crazy. I'm, I'm blessed to have, I feel that at least every male should have, a friend, a mutual friend that you haven't been in a sexual relationship, just to have a healthy relationship with a woman as well. That just mm. shows you because we all need that as well. As much as we try to say we care for black women, we support black women, we gotta have we can be friends with black women as well. Yeah. That with a non sexual ties as well. Not so you think it's like an allyship that's needed? Like is is it needing to have do you believe okay, so that's an interesting concept. I'm getting a little tipsy now. <laughs> The interesting concept of that, are you saying that you believe it's good for heterosexual black men to have a female friend? Sorry, I said heterosexual black man. Sorry, a heterosexual man to have a really close friendship with a female. It would be helpful. Okay. Well, well if you, if a black man came from the womb of black women, we should always be the allies no matter what. If you're Okay. If that's hashtag that. protect black women. Yeah, I get hashtag it. Hashtag black women. Hashtag that. But no matter what, we should always be allies and support no matter what. So do you think? Do you think I'm a value add? <laughs> like that's a very work term, but because I, I feel you, I do believe. I yeah. think honestly, I appreciate your friendship because any relationship, like serious relationship, just like I be my circle when a man, hey, this is my circle, this is my guys. Mm-hmm. I've also wanted to include you as well. I've always, hey, this is one of my closest female friends. I appreciate this uh, person I value. This is a person I serve in my circle. This yeah. is one of my allies. Hey, this is in my team. This is a person I care about. So I, if you could be the coach, just like uh, you bo- back in the day, you know, the boys, hey, they coach. And I say co-sign, but hey, yeah. they got that. Yeah, you got a close personal friend as well. Because I feel like that. I give a, I'm not going to say a great female <laughs> perspective, <laughs> But I feel like I give a decent enough female perspective because, but similar. I think it's, 
I have my girls. You know, I always have my girls I can run to and I can talk to. And I even have my, my gay guy friends who can give me their perspective. But there's something very unique about having a very close friend who's of the gender that you're attracted to, if that makes sense. Like, if I was a lesbian and I liked girls, it would be good to have a lesbian girlfriend, like a best lesbian girlfriend who can give me the same perspective of who I'm dating or going after. So because you're, you know, a heterosexual man, there are some times, and I don't know if you know this, but there are times when we talk about our relationships, i.e. how this came about, and we'll talk about Bob and stuff like that. And there are times when you give me the very brutally brutally honest brutally blunt you know perspective and, and sometimes it, i give you the best advice i can yeah it's your choice to follow it or not but it's your prerogative to follow it <laughs> and it'll do, be and it's crazy because like there'll be times when i can talk to my girls about it and it's like well girl he this and he that and you should da 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 and then I'll talk to you about the exact same thing. Same subject, no cut cards. And you'll hit me with the like, oh, he's just trying to fuck. Or, well, you know he ain't doing this because blah, 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 blah. And I'll just be like, but but what about da-da-da? And you're like, it ain't that. Like, it, you, like you, you, you get it so to the point and to a perspective where I will say a lot of times, if not 99% of the time, like you are right. And, and it's such a value add for me because it is this idea of like, this is how men think. And, and I can talk to my girls and we can have a full, you know, quorum and talk about what I should do. But a lot I, of times you'll tell me and, and I'll, I'll be like, okay, this. that's and it. I'll give you this though. Sometimes when as, I don't know if it's Virgo season or, or, or overanalyze. You just say, just Venus is in retrograde. Venus <laughs> in retrograde. I just tell me, I'm mean, going to stop being around the bush and just tell her how you feel. And sometimes you give me the honest answer. Welcome. And I appreciate that because sometimes, hey, just like I said, communication. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes you just, hey, just be brutally honest. And if I'm wrong, sometimes I'm like, well, was I wrong? Do I step back and I think <laughs> about it? Sometimes you got to do that. Especially as a guy, we have, hey, let me, let's say, put, put the shoes on the other person's foot. Like, hey, am I wrong for that? Mm-hmm. Am I, hey. And I, sometimes you got to admit, hey, I was wrong. My yeah. bad. I'm sorry. I heard you. Those yeah. words go a long way. You know? Oh, I'm sorry. It'll get you out of a lot of stuff. <laughs> it'll it'll cut the conversation real quick. But, I mean, I think, like you said, I think with having the friendship, it, it is, is it's really important. And the I think a lot of the value that's added is that you you get the right perspective. One thing we talk about a lot, um, one one thing about Ahmed and I is that we can talk about a million things. Like we can go, we can go politics, we can go relationships, we can talk about education, we can talk about government. But one of our favorite subjects to talk about is football. Is football. Football. It's and not sports. Because I hate when people are like, oh, I'm a sports person. Like there are some people who are just really gifted and can get into any sport and know everything about it, okay. but football. Okay, so you know I'm I'm, I'm football. I, I want to give this story, but I'm bringing this up. So okay, back in probably twenty like at least five years ago. No, no, no. Actually, not too long ago. Probably three years ago. Okay, I was dating some. Let's let's call her. Let's call her Jenny again. Let's call her Jenny. Okay, and, another Jane. And, and funny thing is name. though, you called me. 
on Sunday. But she knew about you. She knew uh-huh. about you, you know. But literally, I told her we always talk about football. And I oh, had yeah. Football. Literally, I was over at her apartment, and it was literally probably Sunday. The Panthers won, and the New York football giants New lost. York football giants? Lost. Ugh. And I had you, If you football. said it was in the past three years, that sounds about yes. right. <laughs> and your quarterback, Eli Manning, probably had a decent game, but still oh, probably lost to God probably bless. divisional rival. God and bless. sometimes I'm honest, like, okay, we talk about football. We and do. And I remember one time I just had you on speakerphone. So at this point, you know, this is a woman calling after nine. We're talking about football, and mm-hmm. you were literally venting. So yeah. I literally, she understood what was going on. So it wasn't a. That sounds about, that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew. Venting what, at nine yeah, o'clock yeah, after yeah, a, after a after Sunday, Sunday game. Like, I just. So sh- my partner at the time, she knew that, hey, this mm. is more a of brother-sister relationship because at a certain time, you want to be respectful. But, like, hey, there's something going on. I knew, damn, the Giants yeah. stuff. And you were venting about what's going on. And it's not like I called you at, like, midnight or something, like, when yeah. you were in bed. I, I feel like I called you still at a decent, a decent hour. hour. Yeah, a decent yeah. Hour. And, you know, I'd, at worst case, I'll send you a text mostly about, hey, this is literally sports. Yeah, I'll hit everything. you up later or whatever, yeah. But, oh, my goodness, when it comes to sports – it's it's tough be, and because I think the funny thing about us is, as you heard, you know, you're a diehard Panthers fan, which I totally respect. I'm a diehard Giants fan. My family's from New York. I, I grew up in a Giants household. That It just is what it is. And I love other sports, but I think that's another thing about our friendship is just that our relationship with sports and our love of our teams um, – our team's ups and downs because I feel like in our friendship, my team has gone to the Super Bowl and won twice. Your team has gone to the Super Bowl and lost and lost twice. We've as in the, in our franchise history, we went to Super Bowl in two thousand three and two thousand fifteen. Okay, so at least during Bowl. our friendship, they went once One. and they lost. But we, but you guys have had such a dynamic quarterback. Like yeah. I, I was at the first preseason game when cam came out and it was we went to the game ridiculous yeah we went to the we went to the i think we went to the game the his his second year second year so like 2012 and we went to a thursday like the first big thursday night football game and that's when you guys still had a decent we still were good (laughs) (laughs) and we're y'all but y'all were good too like y'all were y'all were y'all were rebuilding but y'all had cam who was so dynamic that it didn't matter technically how your record, your record might have been trash, but the stadium was filled. Yeah. Everybody had cam fever. I mean, I, I think, you know, till obviously last season. But it's funny because our relationship with football and our love of the game, you know, we've talked about the dynamics of that with relationships. Like, even with me, you know, I've said, like, I can't date anybody who's a fan of the NFC East. So if you are a Philly a Washington football team (laughs) or a Cowgirls fan, like it ain't going to work because I I take my Giants seriously and having a relationship with somebody, especially if you're a diehard fan of anybody else in the NFC East, that's going to be an issue. It's always interesting because as as a fan of the Panthers, Mm -hmm. 
I can't I can't fathom dating somebody who's a Falcons fan. Tampa Bay, I can get you know you, you don't you don't see pan, black Tampa Bay fans. You barely see really. Them. So wait, you'd be okay if she's a Tampa fan? Nah, you know, mostly Tampa is like who who's really who's really a fan of Tampa Bay. Be I maybe somebody from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, and, but Tampa Tampa that's the hard part because yeah. New Orleans, the Gulf region, have so many beautiful black women down there, but. Yeah, I mean, I oh can feel God. you. Like, they you're not. The, the same I couldn't even tell so you someone who's a. I don't even know anyone who's a, uh, a Buccaneers fan. Like, I, I could I, I, not I, I tell you one person. But I can't date a Saints fan. I'm sorry. They're the one of the most not. Really? Fans. No. So, I'm, wait. If you were going to rank it from Panthers. I'm sorry, not Panthers. From Falcons, Saints, and Bucks. Which one would be, like, what's number one of, like, absolutely if I not? Be, if I mean, hey, she's. I mean, hey, this is my future wife, and she tells me, oh, my God, I'm a Saints fan. Like, man, that made me red flag. I'm like, ugh. Diehard Saints. So, okay, so Saints is first. And then Falcons. It's hard to say Falcons are next only because they are just the worst. They're the worst. (laughs) But, okay, so would it be – would it be Saints, Falcons, Bucks? Yeah. Saints, Falcons, Bucks. The sad part, the the worst franchise and the most obnoxious fan. We already know who that is. We are Cowboys. Know. Cowboys. The team from Texas. We'll just call them team. The from Texas Te- team. The Texas team. The from old Dallas. Texas team. Yes, the old team from Dallas. It, but you know, the funny thing is, I I dated someone who was a Washington fan, and which was natural because I'm like, okay, he's he's a DC boy. Like he's probably gonna be. He's either going to be a, a Washington fan or he's going to be a Dallas fan. I, it was It's generally one or the other from yeah. the D.C. area. I mean, you have a few other teams, but weirdly, it's a huge population of Dallas and Washington fans. That's their biggest game. Like, when, when you go to FedEx Field, when they play Dallas and the Giants, it's a, it's a really big di- Giants travel. population in, D- in the DMV area, too, but Dallas is the biggest. It's crazy because our relationship was very interesting when it came to football season. And, and it was ve- – but we kept it 100. Like, I was like, look, I am a diehard Giants fan. He met my family, and he was like, oh, y'all don't play. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I met his family, and I was like, okay, I get it. Both families die hard. Washington and Giants fans. I, and I, it was very known. Like, yeah, look, yeah. when this season comes, we're not watching the game together. We're not watching the game. Oh, no. We're not watching. Like, it, it, like, we were very serious about it. I was like, we're not watching the game together. We are, we're not, we either have to have a moratorium of, like, a cooling off period, and then we can be together or whatever. But, like, we we not we not playing like it, it. It's very. It's a serious, serious thing. Now let me ask you this: Would you date a man who's not into football, who maybe want ba- more than basketball? Ooh. Would I date a guy who's more into basketball than football? That might be more healthier for you because then he'll understand. You know, it's hard to say it would be healthier because it's according to what his fandom is, right? Because you have to think about. Basketball season is a little longer. Mm-hmm. It's more games. Um, I know I did have a very unhealthy relationship <laughs> with the Giants for a few years where I just got way too caught up in what was going on. But it's hard to say because if his fandom is like mine where, you know, things shut down on, you know, 
you know, a Thursday night game and a, a Monday night game, maybe. Like tonight, you know, the Saints and the Raiders are playing. I watch the game, but I can live without it, right? Mm-hmm. If my Giants are playing on Monday, I'm watching. If my Giants are playing on Thursday. But Sunday is football. It's football. Football is turned on at 11, 12. I'm listening to the pregames. I'm watching football all day. So no matter if I'm cleaning, cooking, whatever, it's all about football. So if he's that diehard when it comes to basketball, it could be an issue because basketball is a longer season. It's a million games. So if he's on that, I'm all about, you know, LeBron, right, then – it could be an issue because I'm like, this season lasts way too long. Yeah, think about it. Basketball lasts from, what, October, November, all the way to June? Yeah. Your fandom can't be that diehard where mm-hmm. you're, like, shutting stuff down and the TV's only, like, basketball is just way too long. Uh, I get it, yeah. And now football's trying to push it, especially with the draft, the combine, everything. I But see, I, can wa- I, c- I don't watch the combine. The draft is only really good the first day, right? First you day, know, yeah. once, once day you two know, and three. Day two or three. But if you're going to the seventh round, you're really Yeah, like nobody's watch. watching nobody's right the that deep round. into the draft. Like, I'm just watching the first round to see, you know, again, what my team is picking, who, you know, even looking fantasy-wise, and just to see, you know, Roger Goodell get booed. But <laughs> other than that, you know, like I said, I think it's, your, it's the diehard nature of it, but – like I said, I can take any other team. I think it's just those three that it would just really be an issue because I've dated somebody and it was it wasn't a do or die or make or break issue, but it it made things very tense. I remember when I was deep in my fandom when I was like, Okay, well, I know my love languages. Mm-hmm. I know if you need quality time, I will give you quality time you know every your day. Love of the languages? Week. We're gonna come back to that before yeah, we end. I know my love yeah. languages. But I remember, hey, between one and four, yeah, Sundays, this is my time. You, you know said one to four. One to four. So, you know the, so were you more so? Are you more so? If the Panthers are playing, that it's my time. Cause yeah. see, I'm the opposite. I'm like, it's just Sunday. Like, period, point blank. I'll, I'll Sunday. I'll when my team plays. When my team plays, I just need that three, four hour window. Everything else. Afterwards, I need a little time to vent if you're upset, you yeah. know. But if her love language work with me, and then, you know, oh, my God. Our and teams hey, can make us very upset. Oh, my goodness. That, that, and that seeps over to Sunday night, and it might work to the week because, you know, you yeah. got to visit everybody at work or just your team. Like it's, yeah. It seeps into other days, Monday and Tuesday. In my, in my deepest of fandom days, if the Giants were losing, and I'm talking, my deepest fandom was a lot. Obviously, right after our Super Bowl win, we were still, you know, I would say the first, the three seasons after our last Super Bowl win, we were still generally the head of, you know, top of the NFC East. Um, You know, we were still pulling out like 11 win seasons, 10 and 11 win seasons. We were still generally, you know, if not, um, you know, NFC East champions, you know, going into the playoffs, we were at least wild cards. Um, and we were we were doing well in the in the NFC. Those were the more tumultuous years for me because it was so high stress. We were winning and we would have a game or two that was bad, but we were such good contenders that yeah, those Sundays move over into yeah, Monday and yeah. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. And if we play Monday it can go into did you, did Wednesday you, or Thursday. Did you feel that that 
or if you were in a relationship at that time, would you feel that that actually would was hurting? Seep into that? Yeah, was hurting. Oh, absolutely, because I couldn't shake it. If we won, things were good. But if we had a bad game, especially if just we were, if we were just, if the Giants were just having a bad game, I would hold that. A, like you said, I would hold it a day or two, way too long, like deep in my fandom. Um, until the guy I was dating originally, we weren't dating. We were just friends. He was even like, you really be true. Like if your giants lose, you are not in a good mood. Like it lingers. And I had to check that and realize it is a game. Right. And move on from it. But, and I have that relationship with the giants now, like win or lose. I love my giants. Right. But I don't let it, I don't let the, the wins or the loss linger, Exactly. but, but. The counter to that is still, I don't, I know it sounds very shallow, but if it was someone who is a diehard Cowboys fan or a diehard Washington fan or a diehard Eagles fan, it would be, it would be a red flag. Um, and, and it sounds shallow, but it would be. Yeah. It would be something I would honestly be like, mm. Yeah, she may be the, like a wonderful, but that is a red flag. I, I, tr- I I'll try my best to. Work with it possibly, but that's a red flag. I'm sorry. But honestly, when it comes to football or just any kind of sport fandom, I'm learning to be better. I'm learning to heal mm. better from that and work around it. I and ain't there yet. God is still working on me. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working. Like, I, I, I want to say that I'm there. Yeah. I, and but he could be a Green Bay. Green yes. Bay's a great team. Yes. So one of my past, you remember the one I was talking about? Yeah. I really remember like love language hey i'm just turning them into panther stands i'm like okay and love languages oh oh i turned so you turn someone into a panther stand i turned two of my why exes don't you marry them no i remember giving gifts it's like hey you were gonna put she was like you need to, i remember one of my exes like hey you need to tone on all these panther gears like sweaters flip, yeah all the shirts the the, the shorts the you know flip there's nothing like football but hey, fandom, hey my God. when it was cold outside she appreciated the panther yeah, hoodies okay she appreciated when she was at work cold in her office but when you cold these panther hoodies kind of come uh, through you know you know sending me pictures like hey you came through with the Panthers hoodies. Like this. Oh, gentlemen. Oh, okay. also, gentlemen, it's fall. The temperature has dropped. We will all do audits on all our hoodies right now. Absolutely. Don't you let know, COVID, what is that? Don't I've let been COVID, seeing that. Don't let COVID let us. So get. what is that? Can we talk about this phenomenon? Like, I've seen a lot of memes recently about, like, take inventory of your hoodies. Don't let her steal exactly. your hoodies. Like. Are girls still in hoodies? Like, did I miss something? Because I don't have nobody hoodies. Y'all steal hoodies like y'all steal our shorts. Really? Oh, no, I hate the shorts. Okay, I would be, can I, full confession. I hate those little balling shorts. Hate it. I've never liked it. And I, it it might be the cheerleader in me. I prefer shorts that just fit. But I, I don't, I've never liked those like basketball you had, shorts you never like those situations no. shorts that you had to go open the, you had to go no. downstairs and open the door or give somebody the key code absolutely hey. not i i will put my clothes on like i i just i hate those shorts i know girls who will wear them i know girls who steal them um i hate them i i absolutely hate them but it's weird because i didn't know about the hoodie thing i didn't know anything about girls stealing hoodies that that's literally the newest thing i've seen on like hey. social media and i'm like what 
the hell is going on? <laughs> like, they, they go what are we talking about? We got to do inventory, you know. Hey, do our audits on them. That's crazy. Ladies, else? stop stealing people hoodies. Hey, I didn't even know that was a thing. Hey, if you're dating somebody and she has, hey, an MIT hoodie. Like, first of all, like. You went to ITT Tech. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stop it. Like, so let's, let's, let's close it out with love languages because I think we've talked about everything. But you, it's interesting because you've mentioned your love language. Yeah, I took the test. Everybody, there's plenty of books out there. What uh, made you want to take it? Just to know, just hey, this is what I like, what I know. This is how he's so sensitive, I, I, y'all. I try my best. <laughs> I just know, hey, what I need in a relationship, what I want, what did I give, and I feel that okay, these are the top two that I give the best, okay. and also what I receive, no receive. What okay, I give us. is not on physical touch, and not just sexual intimacy, but also, hey, I'm here for you. I'll be around you. Hey, you need so a wait, hug? these are your top love languages. Yeah, these are top. Like, hey, I'll give you a hug. I'll, physical touch. So physical touch. Physical touch mm-hmm. and an act of is service. your top. An then act of service. Knowing from my, looking at research uh-huh. from my past relationship, what I do. Like, hey, you need, hey, you got boxes you need to put up somewhere. Or, hey, this is stuff that you need around the house. Or mm. these are acts of service that, hey, you need stuff. I see that you're struggling with. Or I see that, hey, this needs to be done. Let me just do that in a relationship. So, wait, acts of service, are you saying, I thought acts of service is what you want people to do for you. Or is that something you give? I something I give. Oh, and then the physical touch. That is true, y'all. When this pandemic started, your girl was running low on TP, and I did not think it was a big deal. And <laughs> literally was like, hey, you see some toilet paper, get me some. And you did. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally the fam or, thanks. Or but even, like, hey, you need to put that shelf up. Or, or hey, you need to really clean this up. Just so then what up. about what you want, what I want someone to give you? Like, what about if she's doing those acts of service for you? I would love that. I would love after service. It's it's challenging to accept that because I'm not used mm. to that. I know in the past I was not used to that. Even on my birthday, I'm not big on having big birthdays. When some, I remember one partner I had, she actually went all out for me, and I appreciate that. But I, she can tell I'm not used to that. Mm. I'm not used to being. I'm always used to the giver, and I've always been the giver. Maybe because of me being the oldest. Maybe being, being like. The more I mean, the oldest parent. definitely has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, just I'm not used to, hey, somebody appreciating, showing gratitude. So also, um, not just acts of service, but uh, words of gratitude, words of affirmation. So, hey, wait, do you like that or you like to give? That? I like to receive that. Like, honestly, oh, hey, okay. I appreciate you for being there. I appreciate you for, like, hey, being in my corner. So, so acts of service is what you like to do, and then, but words of affirmation is what you like to receive. receive. You know, hey, and that helps me because sometimes, you know, you appreciate the gratitude because yeah. that helps me be the best person I can be, you know, everything. Like, I look like sometimes I, I want to not only reach my full potential, but also yeah. exceed it. But yeah. Hey, you have to be in my corner as well. Like, you can do it. You know, hey, okay. you want somebody. I'm you want the cheerleader. Yeah. Like, you I, want somebody I've to support you. I've always been. Any partner I can hopefully say that I've always been the biggest cheerleader in that. And I hopefully that any person who I've dated or had a relationship or situation that, hey, he was always, no matter what, not a shitty dude or a toxic dude. That, mm-hmm. hey, he's always been respectful and been a cheerleader for whatever. And hopefully even if we pass like 10 years down the road, like yeah. I hope that you're well in life. I'm always like, hey, I hope you're good. I hope that nothing bad has happened to you in life. I hope that, you know, you're well, even if you're 
married and have a yeah. relationship. I hope that you don't. You're not like I'm oh, not, they I burn in hell. Yeah, I'm burning hell. I don't. <laughs> right. I, don't have, I don't have voodoo dolls of you yeah. in somewhere in the corner, like hell no. burning <laughs> and like sticking pins. Like oh god. And no. I think that's that's very interesting. I did do the love language test. I will be honest. I don't remember what mine's are. I am not a big. Um, I'm not a big words of affirmation because what I have found mm-hmm. in dating over 30 <laughs> is you get those guys who like overdo it and make it weird. Ooh. Like, all right, queen, you're so beautiful. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Hi, gorgeous. And I'm just like, please stop. Like, it makes me very but is uncomfortable. He, is he consistent, though? Yeah, but it's, it's still, it makes me uncomfortable. I would say words of affirmation is probably my lowest. Like, I just don't, I don't need you to, like, you dog face bitch. Like, I don't need you to, <laughs> I don't need you to, like, Donald Trump me, right? Like, but I'm not big on the words of affirmation. Um, I'm not a big touch person. I don't like someone who's, like, all super touchy feely. Um, I, I, I might be the acts of service. I think if, if I have a partner who is doing for me and showing like, Hey, I notice you're like, you know, the most attractive thing is specifically for me. And I know it's going to sound super stereotypical, but if there's a guy who's like, Oh, I see your tires running low. Like, let's go. Let's let me take your, your truck to, you know, just tires. So I can, I can fill your air up. That shit is sexy to me. Or if a guy is like, um, I will never forget my sophomore year. I was dating this dude. Um, and I remember he, we were in um, New Bangs, which is like brand spanking new. Shout out and to New Bangs. New I remember he literally was like, oh, your toilet is running. And, you know, I'm in the dorm. I'm like, what? And he was just like, yeah, your toilet's running. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll put a work in. <laughs> I literally was like, all right, I'll put a work order in tomorrow. You know, I'll tell the RA. He was like, no, nah, I'm just going to go to my truck and, you know, get my toolbox and fix it. And I was like, you don't got to do that. Like, we pay for this. Like, somebody <laughs> else will do, like, physical plan will come or whatever. And he was like, it's not that serious. No, I'm just going to go get my toolbox. small stuff. Like but, I, like, he did it. Like, he he literally brought his toolbox and fixed our toilet. And that was, like, the most attractive thing ever. I, I was literally like, I'm going to fuck him tonight. No, even, <laughs> si- even situations just where I'm, like, I remember one partner I had, you know, the mm-hmm. the teacher that I was with. I remember, like, when I was sit- having a situation with her, even that small stuff, like, hey, you're in bed early in the morning and you have a dog. Mm-hmm. Let me just, this is love language. This is something natural. Hey, you stay in bed. I'll Let go, me, I'll go walk the dog. Go yeah. take the dog out and go pee. Let the dog go pee. Uh, yeah. That, I would say. Something small like that. Like maybe something like I, that. I need to do my, I, I wish I would have known that. I would have did it before we did yeah. this. But I think that, I think my, my highest love language might be acts of service. Because similar. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had a situation ship similar where it was like, oh, I'll go walk your dog real quick. And I'm like, this nigga finna walk my dog. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm hey, had his I've, vagina I'm, ready I'm when you come back. Like, I've, been, I've been reaching man to like, hey, you need stuff. Like, I know you're struggling. Damn, like, you need I'll water. I'll go grab you this. Need paper. Like, yeah. I see small stuff like that in the I house. I legit like, went on a date with the dude because he bought me groceries one time. Junior really? Year. I did. I did not like this dude. We had class together. Mm. Did not like him. I still don't like him. Blocked him from everything. He's such a fucking weirdo and a psycho. 
But he literally, the only reason why I went on a date with him, even though it was kind of a revenge date, was because he bought me groceries. He literally, we were on the phone one time, and we had class together, so we're talking about class and non-class stuff. And he literally was in food line, and he was like, oh, do you like this? And I was like, yeah, I eat that. And da 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 And just unbeknownst to me, he kept asking me these random things, like, oh, do you like this? Have you ever eaten this? Have you ever tried that? And I'm like, oh, he no. He was trying to open up to you. And literally, maybe, like, 15 minutes after he was in food line, he was like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in my apartment. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, come outside. I bought you some groceries. Don't get me wrong. Again, total fucking psycho. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, he was a certified psycho. But he he bought me all these groceries because, again, as we were talking about class and all these other things, he kept inserting these random questions. Yikes. He bought me groceries. But literally, he bought me groceries, and I was like, I mean, he can't be that bad. Nah. Literally ended up going on a date with him a week later. Again, still terrible date because he tried to, like, forcibly kiss me. But um, it, it was the act of service. It was the act of service and doing something for me that literally had me just like, all right, I'm going to give him a shot. So, I mean, I think how, how seriously do you do you take love languages i've taken it more seriously recently i've taken it seriously like really knowing myself because hey this is what i know i need in love i need Mm. in a partner and what i see what i give i tell you hey i'm really big on this Mm -hmm. so i tell you up front so you won't be surprised like what are your love languages because i've ever Mm. introduced myself to women like we love it, and they never heard it before. Is that a very new millennial thing of us to do? I now be like, hey, what's it? Because I've, I've done that in the past, I would say the past two recent situationships. Da- I would say not situationships, sorry. Dating. The past in two. The I've, okay. I've asked. <laughs> you know, there's nothing. I, ha- I have someone who's going to be on the show and, and on the podcast, and I'm really excited because when I talked to her about it, she literally was like, well, Shanice, I haven't been in relationships I just had situationships, and I said, then we're going to talk about it, because I think situationships are a lot more common than dating. I think a lot of us have been in those weird limbo spots with people for more extended times. People are more comfortable in limbo. That's the scary part. People are more comfortable in limbo. But you know what? Because nobody's rushing to get married and have kids. Some of us at this age, you got to think about it, some people at this age are content with I just want to enjoy this person as I'm focusing on my career. I want to enjoy this person as I'm focusing on family because I don't have the space. And also, somebody might just be feeling a need. And they might need to get their rocks off. So (laughs) that's a thing, too. If you're going through a drought, hey, sometimes. You just got to let it out. Well, you know what? We have been talking. And we can. I will be honest. I'm excited to have you as my first guest because I know this could go for hours. It can. This could technically go. (laughs) This could go for hours, and we haven't hit on politics. We haven't (laughs) talked deep about specific people and and situations. If you find out your bae is a Republican, we haven't talked about all of those things. There's so much more we can talk about, but of course, you will obviously be back on again. We we've talked about a lot thus far, and I appreciate. I'm. It's it's very insightful to have your opinion on very what I like to say more intimate and in touch situations like even talking like the fact that you know your love language and are honest about it right Mm -hmm. it you don't 
it's hard to say you don't see that a lot, but you really just don't see it a lot. And also, I'm just grateful that I was able to man up and just go to therapy because I knew. Yeah. That I honestly, hey, at certain part, there were certain parts of being a 32 year old. Like I didn't love myself going through marriage when wow. I've been when I see a relationship that I thought was good was toxic. When I have parents that are toxic, that mm. have my, hey, the people I care for are toxic, where people I have to look out for, yeah, it's just not healthy. When I look at myself and I'm, hey, I'm not happy, I don't love myself, and that's scary. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to simmer down Man and up. just look yourself <laughs> out. Hey. And un- I think also a part of that is undoing the the black uh, idea that you don't have to go to therapy. I personally was, I didn't grow up in a household like that. I mean, partially because my uncle is a psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) My uncle is a psychiatrist. Like he, he does this for (laughs) a living. So therapy in my family, I didn't grow up with this um, toxic, let's just call what it is like this toxic black notion that black people don't get therapy. I, I did not grow up in that. Even I remember hearing that in school, and I'm just like, who are you Negroes? Like, <laughs> black people do get therapy. My uncle is one, you know? So, I mean, my and, and what he does, like working for a, a professional NFL team, he's seen a lot, but it's never been a taboo thing in my family. Um, but I know societally and culturally it has been, but – I think our generation, right? Like, as I call us, like we're older millennials. We understand the importance of therapy, and it's it's good that you're getting it. And I, I know a lot of a lot more black men are getting therapy than what we give them credit for. I know a lot and, of black men who are honestly, in it's, therapy. It's okay to ask for help. Absolutely, it's okay to hug your fellow black man. Hey, mm. like, it's okay to cry i'll be a real talk but like it's absolutely okay to like it's, it's therapeutic yeah and be honestly because we can't hold that stuff in absolutely we have detox not just like from medicinal stuff from narcotics for anything we just have to detox because we can't be our best selves when we let everything in because we take it out on in unintentionally intentionally to our partners to our mm-hmm. children to our co-workers to the people that are in our corner supporting us and Sometimes our biggest cheerleaders, hey, they want to be our biggest cheerleaders, but we have resources out there. And yeah. hopefully that can help us even in dating, you know. Yeah. And be honest and just Ooh. saying that. Talk about it. And just saying that, this ha- it. it goes a long way. So, hey. Absolutely. So, if there's stuff that we can better ourselves in, hey, you know, hey, maybe we can find a best partner. Because, hey, I need, and there's no problem with saying sometimes, like, you may find the, the baddest one that, hey, I am honestly working on myself. Wow. And, hey. That goes a long way because, hey, the worst thing is like, hey, I need to heal. Yeah. And I need time to heal because you don't want our ship. That's a deep thing to say. Like, honestly, to openly say I am healing and I need time to heal. But the scary part is we're all worried about our ship. Like, hey, we're missing. Like, for example, we're missing our plane ticket. We're missing. We're missing our flight. We're missing our flight. Hey, this may be wifey, but we're missing our flight. We're scared to do that. But we're so scared that we're, hey, we'll hop on the next one. No. Yeah. There's possibility. Hey, there, there's another flight coming through. And I hate to say there's more. There's, you know, the, the whole crap of more efficiency. You know what I mean nowadays? Like, hey, there's efficiency. Or like, hey. There's yeah, there's things. not. I will say this. When you're dating over 30, when even when I was doing the test, and I, I, I was here with a really great friend, Bethany, who's 
on another podcast and we were we were running through she was like well look I'm under 30 you know she's 28 gonna be 29 and she's like I need help I need advice and all this other stuff and I'm like don't do it hurry but find somebody like we like you said we do go through and I think the fact that we can be honest about needing and wanting help is very helpful and we'll we'll end on that like Thank you, of course, so much for coming on the first episode. Yeah, first episode. Hey. This is the first episode. The pilot. Honestly, <laughs> the you know, pilot. Yeah, the official pilot episode. Hey, do you remember back in the TV shows in the nineties when the pilot used to be old, random uh, stage? It like used to be real rough. It looks rough. This and is kind of rough. I mean, we'll yeah, see. I mean, she might it'll. She at first episode, like I remember, like they changed the whole cast. So new budget, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> new cast members new come in afterwards. But well, well, you know, with dating over thirty sucks. For everyone who is listening, and I'm really excited for those who are interested in everything that's going on. There are going to be so many people I'm going to talk to from so many backgrounds. It's it's not just me with my girls or me with my homeboys. It's it's so many different aspects of relationships and situationships and, and, and everything in between. And so I'm really excited that you came on, that we had this conversation and there's going to be so much more to come, but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, have a good one. Have a good one. you you like my do you like the pendleton i do i enjoy it because i know you're a crown you like yes. crown yes it's a good mix it's, it's a good, good, mix. It's good alternative mix. a good alternative hey